Welcome to Orphans No More, a media extension of Justice for Orphans, a ministry dedicated to rally the church for the cause of the fatherless, inspiring, educating, and equipping believers to care for vulnerable children, and supporting those who have heard and heeded the call of James 127. Here's your host, Sandra Flack. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That is Ephesians 3, verse 20. Welcome to Orphans No More, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children in crisis through adoption, foster care, and kinship care. I'm your host, Sandra Flack. Happy New Year. I hope you enjoyed a wonderful Christmas and were able to capture some moments of hope and peace, joy, and love throughout the holiday. Our family enjoyed a lovely Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Then the day after Christmas, my 16-year-old son woke up with a high fever and then tested positive for COVID, which then spread to my 18-year-old son. And then to me, maybe you can hear the remnants of it in my voice. I still have a little bit of a chest thing going on. I've lost the sense of taste and smell, which is completely no fun during the holidays. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much over, but, and I'm feeling a little bit better, but I really wanted to uh, record this episode and, and stay on track, uh, providing you with some encouragement uh, as we try to faithfully do uh, every week throughout the year. Uh, as of this recording, my husband has not shown a single symptom, thankfully. Uh, he and I did both get vaccinated. I waffled back and forth for many, many months on that. But then after some very close relatives were hospitalized with COVID, I realized that raising kids from hard places and uh, kids with FASD it would really rock their world if I had to be hospitalized for a month or longer or something worse should happen. So really for them, I, I, I felt like it was necessary to get vaccinated. And now I'm grateful that I did because um, as nasty as it was, I did not have to go to the doctor or to the hospital or any of that. So um, I'm all about everybody having the freedom to choose what they want to do. And I'm against mandates. Um, but in the end, for my kids, I chose to do it. And now I am grateful that I did. Uh, and to uh, they're, they're out of quarantine and I have one more day left, but we've been quarantined up at our camp in the Adirondacks, um, kind of pretty secluded, staying away from everybody and uh, just trying to get some rest up here. So if I sound a little bit different, not only is it because of um, the lingering uh, cold, but uh, also because I'm not on my regular recording equipment. So uh, here we are. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring you this episode is as well is because our family is celebrating, not in person, obviously right now, but in spirit, the 15th anniversary of our kids, Andre, Anna, and Jordan, arriving home from Ukraine. Um, I cannot believe it's been 15 years. Um, our adoption decree is dated December 30th, 2006. We arrived home uh, in the States on January 7th, 2007. So this week is a very special week in our family. 
again, I can't believe it's been 15 years. While it seems like the kids have always been home, like I can barely remember a time uh, without them in our lives. Yet when I do look back at pictures prior to the adoption, um, it just seems like a whole different lifetime. Um, but and sometimes it also seems like just yesterday I was in Ukraine. Uh, maybe that's partly because my book just released a few months ago and I spent so much time writing the book and in that space of reliving uh, every step of the process. Um, and then I've been promoting it ever since. I feel like I'm still living in that story. And we're still walking it out, of course, but I just, this time of year always brings me back to that time from Thanksgiving through January. It just takes me back to that time every year. Um, so in honor of the 15th anniversary of our first Ukrainian adoption, I'm going to read a couple of short chapters from my book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. If you haven't read it yet, I'll share that um, it's, the book is really about it's partly about our adoption story. It's the memoir um, of bringing each one of our kids home from our first kinship placement to the three kids that came home from Ukraine and then going back for the fourth one. Um, the book kind of chronicles that whole before, during, and after process, but also what I learned about our spiritual adoption as children of God through the lens of being an adoptive parent. So my husband and I have eight kids. Three are uh, now adults, our biological kids. We have an adult daughter adopted through kinship, like I mentioned. And four of our kids are adopted from Ukraine. Um, Andre, the oldest, is 24. He is now married and um, daddy to a precious two-year-old granddaughter, our granddaughter, Raya. Uh, and then our daughter, Anna, is 22. She works in the family construction company. She runs heavy equipment, folks. And uh, Jordan, now 18, graduated from high school and is also working in the family business. Those three came home together 15 years ago. But right before I traveled home with the three kids, I was at the orphanage picking up then three-year-old Jordan. I discovered the kids had a baby brother in the baby house where I'd been going to visit Jordan all along, 14-month-old Slava wasn't yet available for adoption, but he was there. And I got a glimpse of him. And I share that story in my book as well. And though we would return for him um, in October of 2010, he ended up spending the first five years of his life in the orphanage. You can read the whole story in my book. Uh, it's found wherever you get books. Uh, it's on Amazon as a paperback. You can also get the Kindle version. Um, if you get it on Amazon, please be sure to go back and leave a review for me. And if you'd like a signed copy, you can grab a signed copy from my website, sandraflack.com. So I'm going to read chapters five and six to you. They're, they're super short chapters. It won't take long. And then I'm going to go back through and, and kind of share a few things that I have learned over the past 15 years. So this is probably not going to sound like a perfect audiobook version of these two chapters because I'm just going to read it. And if I flub it, I'll just you know, fix it and keep going kind of thing. Um, but the title of chapter five is adoption is costly. 
Every chapter opens with a scripture verse. So chapter five's verse is Psalm 51, verse 17. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. And then we start here. Adoption comes with a price and not just in monetary terms. For me, part of the cost included six weeks in Ukraine and Christmas without my family. Our children, though, were worth the sacrifice, but payment can be painful. I never saw the Christmas tree, which stood in my house that December of 2006. Wayne Jr. and Curtis took advantage of our absence and chose the largest tree on the lot. Their little sister, Sierra, adorned it with our family decorations. My parents accompanied the kids to our annual Flack family Christmas Eve celebration. We called Wayne's brother's house during the festivities. I choked back tears while we talked with our kids, our parents, and other family members. My parents stayed overnight at our house so the kids wouldn't wake up alone on Christmas morning. Before we traveled to Ukraine, I had purchased a f- and put away a few gifts for each of them. At least they would have some presents to open. I instructed my mom on what to do for stocking stuffers. She even made the kids Christmas breakfast and dinner. But I still knew this holiday paled in comparison to our traditional Christmases. For the first time in their lives, Wayne Jr., Curtis, and Sierra would not wake up to my special quiche, a mountain of gifts, or their parents. It was also the first time I missed a Christmas with my mom. I hated feeling like I ruined everyone's holiday. On Christmas Day, Wayne, Missy, and I walked through the light falling snow to the Stolzfus apartment. Laura served us coffee and homemade cinnamon rolls. I fought back tears as we watched their three children open gifts. How I longed to be home watching my own kids unwrapping presents. Later that day, we joined Joey and Laura for the YWAM-based Christmas party. We enjoyed a program and dinner with about 100 YWAM staff. I felt a camaraderie with all those missionaries. Most of them were far away from home and family as well. I forced myself through the celebration with a smile. Inside, I just wanted the day to be over. My head hit the pillow that night. Thankful Ukraine time is seven hours ahead of New York. With Christmas behind us, we could now focus on bringing our children home. Before turning off the light, I opened my Bible. Isaiah 40, verses 4 through 5 in the New Living Translation drew me in. It read, fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it. The Lord has spoken. I read further in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 through 11 said, yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. God spoke to me through these verses. He called us to this adoption and would straighten our path. By his powerful right arm, he would lead this mama home with her young. I drifted off to sleep, comforted by the truth. My God 
would accomplish all he purposed. The day after Christmas brought another difficult test, saying goodbye to Wayne. We reached a point in the adoption process where he could return home. I clung to my husband and cried. The children at home, his job, and the addition being built on our house all needed his attention. Though I was happy our kids would have their dad back, waves of envy and apprehension pounded my heart. Wayne would get to hug our children, sleep in our bed, and enjoy the comforts of home while Missy and I remained in Ukraine without him. After one last kiss goodbye, Wayne walked out the door. I turned the locks and wiped my tears. A fierce resolve welled up inside me. I would put on my big girl boots and finish the process without him. I would bring Andre, Anna, and Sergey home. Now for chapter six. The title of chapter six, Getting Our Kids. And the scripture verse is Ephesians 3.20, the same verse that I just opened this podcast episode with. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. The day after Wayne left, Missy and I enjoyed two hours of fun with Sergey at the orphanage. Out of the hospital, but still congested, he let me hold him much of the visit. The tiny guy devoured two whole bananas, a juice box, fruit snacks, and a cookie. While he sat on my lap, he sucked both middle and index finger on his right hand. At one point, he hopped down and stuck his feet in Missy's winter boots. We laughed as he trudged around the room, acting silly. I treasured every moment with my new little son. Alexandra stood in the doorway and motioned for Missy and me to come. I sighed. Three days remained of the 10-day wait. I yearned to bring my baby boy home. For now, I waved goodbye and walked out the door. After the visit, Stanislav dropped Missy and I off at the Stolzfus's apartment. We savored Laura's home-cooked beef stew and biscuits. While I relaxed on their couch with a cup of hot coffee, my cell phone rang. Alexandra called with news that stunned me. I spoke with the orphanage director in Kesselviv. Your 10-day wait ends on Saturday, December 30th. We cannot pick up the children on a holiday weekend. The director was nice. She has given us permission to pick up Andre and Anna tomorrow. What? Tomorrow? I wasn't sure I understood After all the waiting, getting the children early didn't seem possible. Yes, tomorrow, Alex repeated. A combination of excitement and panic pulsed through me. In less than 24 hours, I would have two of our kids with me. This unexpected blessing led to an interesting excursion to Castle Vive for me later on. But for now, my heart rejoiced in God's favor. The sudden turn of events caught me off guard. Ill-prepared to pick up the kids so soon, I hadn't even gotten clothes for them yet. In a frenzy, Laura and I threw on our coats and ran down to a small corner store in the neighborhood. 30 minutes before closing, we grabbed underwear, socks, jeans, and shirts. Laura threw coats, hats, gloves, and winter boots onto the pile. She helped me guess sizes for all three kids. We left with four bags stuffed with clothes, not an extensive wardrobe but enough until I got them home. The next morning, my spirit soared all the way to Castle Vive. When we arrived at the orphanage, all the children buzzed with excitement. 
a holiday production, much like a school program back home, was about to begin. The director invited Alexandra and me to stay for the special presentation. We could leave with the children afterward. Declining her invitation didn't seem like an option, so we followed her to a large all-purpose room. Chairs lined one end of the hall. A Christmas tree stood on a platform at the other. The old wooden floor in between remained empty. The director motioned for us to take our seats with about 30 other people. I looked around, enthralled by the festive atmosphere. Sparkling decorations adorned cement walls, a stark contrast compared to the typical dreariness of orphanage life. Alex leaned over and whispered, the mayor is in the audience. We are not supposed to be here. Her words hit like a sucker punch. I realized my mere presence at a Christmas program could jeopardize the adoption. A sudden noise drew my attention to the doorway. Giggling, singing children of various ages marched into the room, each child dressed for the occasion. The younger ones were either in formal attire or animal costumes. The older teenage girls wore traditional Ukrainian embroidered dresses. Like a proud mama, I searched for my children in the crowd. I spotted Andre first. He donned a chicken costume. My little Anna floated into the room like a princess in a powder blue floor-length dress. To my amazement, she found me in the audience, took my hand, and led me to the center of the room. Familiar-sounding music started to play. I found myself in a circle of orphans doing the chicken dance. Over the months of waiting, I dreamed often about our adoption. Not once did my dreams include me dancing the chicken dance. As music and laughter filled the air, my fear of grumpy government officials disappeared. This mama pulled off the quack quack waddle waddle dance moves, much to Anna's delight. I relished the experience knowing this was the last day my children would be orphans. After the program, Andre and Anna changed into the clothes I'd brought them. Andre strutted into the room, pleased with his new blue jeans, and Anna twirled about in her puffy pink coat. I clapped and rubbed my hands together, relieved to have scored a win, a mom win, with my, fa my fashion choices. I sensed the palpable emotions of the staff and older orphans. Some cried while we took pictures and said goodbye. A teenage girl called Anna over to sit on her lap. She cried and hugged her. Anna seemed oblivious. A woman, the kid's primary caregiver, ran out to the car as we piled in. She sobbed and waved as we pulled away from the orphanage. Andre and Anna never shed a tear. They looked forward to the adventure ahead. I wondered how much they understood. Twice on the ride back to Kiev, we stopped on the side of the road because Andre got carsick. I rubbed his back while he threw up and I marveled at his bravery. He and Anna left everything behind to go with me into the unknown. We got to the apartment around 6 p.m. Andre and Anna flew out of the car and into the building. Even though they had no idea where to go, they scrambled up two flights of stairs ahead of me. Laughing at their exuberance, I pointed to our door. I dug the key out of my coat pocket while the kids bounced around waiting for me to let them in. Our happy party spilled into the apartment. We hadn't even taken off our coats when Laura and Missy arrived with a pot of soup, 
groceries, and my friend, Jocelyn Hennigan. When Wayne returned home, we realized Missy and I would need some help getting the three kids. We asked Jocelyn to fly over and assist us. She had led several mission trips for our church, including the one Missy and I took to Ukraine back in 2004. Jocelyn, in her late 20s, also was the oldest of 10 kids and a youth group leader. She possessed the necessary skills to manage our menagerie. Laura, fluent in Russian, introduced herself and Jocelyn to Andre and Anna. After Laura left, we devoured bowls of hot soup and hunks of buttered bread. Andre and Anna took turns soaking in long, hot bubble baths. They ate dinner again and gobbled up chips, cookies, and juice boxes. When I realized we would soon run out of food at the pace the kids were eating, I closed the kitchen for the night. The five of us settled in for the evening. Missy entertained the kids with her Game Boy. The three of them cuddled up on the couch with the electronic gadget. Jocelyn and I exchanged news. She filled me in on events back home and I updated her on the adoption. I fell asleep with an almost full heart. Two of our three children slept nearby. Tomorrow would be Sergei's turn to leave the orphanage behind. (sighs) God certainly did accomplish infinitely more than I could ask or think, not just in bringing our kids home. If you read my story, you'll learn about all of the mountain moving miracles God performed, but he also accomplished things I didn't even know needed accomplishing in me. So I want to share some of those, some of what I've learned over the past 15 years. For one, my faith was stretched and strengthened throughout the entire journey. I experienced God in ways I would never have had he not called us to adopt all five of our kids. I grew in my relationship with Christ, experiencing intimacy with him, growing in my knowledge of the word and in the power of prayer. And and this is something that continues to this day, right? We never stop growing. We should never be, uh, we should never stop growing. Um, And just every day with my kids and the new different seasons and stages of life with them, uh, it grows my faith because I have to go to the Lord again and again and again. I have to be in the word continually and I have to be praying constantly. And I can't imagine my faith being strengthened and my relationship with the Lord um, going to such levels of intimacy without the challenges, without that stretching through that time. You know, we are refined through the fire and adoption, foster care, kinship care, definitely opportunities for fiery refining, right? So, another thing I learned the impacts of trauma on children. I never knew about trauma, especially with our first daughter, Missy, who came to us through a kinship placement. I had no idea what I didn't know. Then especially over the past couple of years, all the training and education I've now learned about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, something else I didn't know that I didn't know, but that I desperately needed to know. As a result of learning and living this trauma and FASD life, um, I'm now able to help other parents on the same journey, 
many of you listening. In fact, God used our adoptions to really lead us to establish Justice for Orphans, which led to this podcast and so much more. We've brought Care Portal to New York State. Um, Now over 2,000 local children in, in our area, kids in crisis, families in crisis, have been served through that initiative. And it's continuing to expand and grow as we add more counties and bring it throughout the whole state of New York. Uh, we, we also provide um, trauma and FASD resources for adoptive foster and kinship families and being able to bring that uh, awareness and that education and to help equip other families. And we've inspired families to step into foster care and step into adoption. Um, and, and we've had this impact, something that was never on our radar. We never thought, we, it was just never on our radar. And through our adoptions, God began to put these pieces in place. And I am so grateful. I cannot even imagine what life would be like had we not said yes to our kids. You know, had we not said yes to God and opened our home to our children who he placed in our family, I can't even imagine what I would be doing right now, especially since I know now that I'm walking in my God-given calling, something I had no idea I was called to do. And if you read my book, you'll hear some of the testimony about how, how painfully shy I was and how I wouldn't speak in public and, and um, just so insecure. And here I am, I've been, you know, I'm on the radio and we've host this podcast and I speak publicly and I teach and I train and we do all of these things because this is what God has called me to do. But I, I would have never unearthed that. I would have never discovered my calling had we not said yes when God asked us to open our home to that first little girl who he wanted to set into our family. So again, this journey has just led me to discover my calling in life. That's one of the things that I've learned over the past 15 years. And while I've learned so many life lessons along the way, the final one I'll share today is that I've learned that I'm no longer an orphan but a chosen and dearly loved child of God. Through adopting our children, I've learned about my own spiritual adoption. I've come to know and walk in my identity as a daughter of the King. I was created for a purpose that was assigned to me by the God of the universe. In fact, I devote the last four chapters of my book to this very topic about the orphan spirit mindset and how to be healed of the orphan spirit mindset. Now, I invite you to check out my family's adoption story in my book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. Uh, Like I mentioned, it's available wherever books are sold. And if you order it from Amazon, I I would love for you to um, leave a review. And again, if you'd like a signed copy, which includes a free gift bookmark. You can order from my website, sandraflack.com. And on my website, you can learn more about me, uh, read my blog. I blog regularly, really, for foster adoptive and kinship parents. Um, You can also contact me for speaking opportunities. 
And of course, the website for this podcast and for our ministry is Justice for Orphans ny.org. And I want to let you know, um, we're so excited about uh, 2022. Uh, We've got an incredible guest lineup for this podcast. Uh, Starting next week, I'm going to be speaking with Debbie Osborne. She is the author of the book, Raising Other People's Children, What Foster Parenting Taught Me About Bringing Together a Blended Family. So I'm looking forward to speaking with Debbie next week and bringing you that interview. I've got some other amazing interviews lined up, uh, as well as in February, I will be starting my FACETS training. Uh, So I plan to keep you um, informed every step of the way and what I'm learning about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and and, and parenting according to the neurobehavioral model. Uh, so I'll be sharing with that journey with you along the way. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. And I'd also like to give a shout out to um, our Care Portal County sponsors that help Justice for Orphans provide Care Portal. Uh, two area counties. So uh, we have Tri-Nuclear Corporation and Bishop Boundary Construction. These local businesses care about children and families in crisis. And we just want to thank them for supporting Justice for Orphans so that we can provide the care portal. Uh, Check out our website, justicefororphansny.org, where we have an entire resource page dedicated to FASD to help you become FASD informed Uh, And also, you can learn more about Care Portal and all of the other things that we're doing at justicefororphansny.org. And don't forget my blog for adoptive foster and kinship caregivers is on sandraflack.com. You can check out our social media. Um, I'm on Facebook at Sandra Flack, and I have a Sandra Flack author page. I'm on Instagram as at Sandra Flack underscore JFO. And Justice for Orphans has both a Facebook and an Instagram page. So please check those out and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening today. I'm grateful that you spent your valuable time with me. I'm thrilled to have you along for the journey, especially as we enter 2022. Happy New Year. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Orphans No More, for sharing what you've heard and praying for vulnerable children everywhere. We hope you are inspired to walk out James 127 in whatever way God calls you. For more information, visit justicefororphansny.org.